Okay, today's daf is Shabbos, daf Kuf Chav Gimel. We are in Kuf Chav Gimel Amar Aleph. We are up to uh, Itmar. So it's about ten lines in. Three, three words from the end of the line. Itmar, Rab Bar So we were discussing the concept of hammers and various types of kalim that are typically muksa. And the question was, are you allowed to, are you allowed to move it on Shabbos, Letzarach Gufay, Letzarach Mekaymay, using it for its, its purpose or using the physical equipment? Let's say you had a hammer, you want to use it to crack open a nut, you're using the actual uh, item. So the Mishnah said, these things are mutter. And the Gemara is going to explain again what exactly we're talking about. Say they, they had a discussion in the base medrash. Rabbi Chiyah bar Abba Amar, Rabbi Yechanan. They says Kornos shall zahavim shenino. Our Mishnah, which says they're allowed to take a hammer on Shabbos and crack open a nut, that was talking about a hammer of a zahavim. As zahav sounds like gold, so it's a goldsmith's hammer. You could use that to crack open your nuts on Shabbos. Rabbi Shimon bar Abba Amar Kornos shall basamim is talking about the spice maker's hammer. So that's the, what the Mishnah was talking about. So the Gemara is going to say which one would be different. So Madhar the Besamim, the one that said Besamim, that even the spice man's hammer, which, you know, the, the person who's made, who, who owns a spice house, he is careful to make sure that there's no other tastes or aromas getting into his equipment. You know, he has FDA regulations, Hashkacha regulations. So you make sure that the hammer is not used for other things. And still, it's not muksa. So man, that it's still not muksa. You would use it for other things. Use it to crack open and not to do other things. So koshkin, there's a hubbin where it's not touching food, even though, of course, it's sensitive. You don't want it to get ruined. But you could fix it with the anvil. You could fix your gold, your, uh, the goldsmith's hammer. So you're not concerned of cross-contamination. So for sure, Kolshkin, the Zahavim, would be allowed to use on Shabbos. And my shows Zahavim, the what? But the one who says you could use the goldsmith's hammer to crack open a nut. We don't know anything about the spice house guy because maybe he's concerned for cross-contamination. So man, maybe that's specifically the goldsmith's hammer, but the spice man, perhaps they are mocked on it for cross-contamination and therefore, it would be muksa. Next, the Mishnah said vesakush, vesakarkar, and it's talking about uh, different types of spindles or reeds that you could poke something with it. So the Gemara says, Tan Rabbanan. We have a following brisa. Pa- We're up to? We are about about a third of the way in. Two dots. Tan Rabbanan. Poga, you had a fig that was not yet ripe. Shetimona batevin. So you buried it inside straw, meaning you, it wasn't attached to the ground anymore. You put it into, the, into straw. Now the straw is muksa. You don't, you don't use it on Shabbos. Or you have the charara, you have a, you have a pita bread, shetimana bigachalam. It was stuck inside charcoal or ashes. So the question is, how do I get it out? These things are muksa. How do I take my pita or my fig on Shabbos? So in Megula Miktsasa, if it's somewhat revealed that you could see it, so then mutalatatla, because I don't have to pick up anything. I could just grab it or poke it by the, uh, get the fig and pick it up. However, vemlav, if it's totally submerged, asulatatla, you can't because you're not going to be able to pick it up without moving the, the straw, or without moving the, the charcoal, the coals. Rabbi Lazar ben Tedayimer, he says, no, even if it's totally uh, uh, submerged or totally uh, surrounded by the straw, toichev makusha bakakar, take something very thin, a toothpick or, or some type of spindle, reed, you poke it in, and once you uh, make contact with your fig, you poked it in, now you pull it up. And I don't mind that the straw is moving on its own. 
in halachic terms, this is called tiltul minatsad. I'm not moving the item directly. I'm moving it minatsad through something else. This is a classic example. You have your ice cream in the back of the freezer, and you have a raw piece of meat in front of it. How do you move the raw piece of meat on Shabbos? So halacha is, if you want to get your ice cream, you're allowed to take something that's not muksa, whether it's your broom, a hockey stick, or something else in the freezer, and move the steak, move the raw meat, in order for you to get your ice cream. Why? I am moving the raw meat, which is muksa. Halacha is, it's called tiltum minatsad. I'm moving it through something else. So that is the... That's only to get to ice cream. Oh, so it's only l'tzorech dover hamotar. When you want to put things back into the fridge, you've got to move but, but again, if it's tzorech dover hamotar, if you're doing it for a mutter need, not that I'm, I care about the steak. Let's say the steak fell out of the freezer. You can't take a hockey stick and start shooting it into the freezer because then I'm moving it for the steak, which is muksa. But if I'm doing it for something that's mutter, I need the place, I need, uh, I need, which when you're storing, you're putting stuff back in the freezer, that would be fine. So hold on. What does it yeah. become a process? The, the freezer? You have to put something directly on a table. Let's say I want my phone to be on this table the entire Shabbos, so then the table becomes a buses for my phone. Well, like, so if you have a lot of things in the freezer, usually you don't care. You just dump everything in there. If you have your fig and you want your, your heaven and that, you want your straw and that stack. So, even, so you're saying the fig should be a, a buses to the tavern, but the tavern is, va- is more valuable. You're going to use it on Shabbos. So that would be fine. No, because you have to have in mind that this should be directly on top of it. I don't want the fig, the whole Shabbos. I want the straw to be on the fig. Then it will be a buses. Yeah, but if you did, then you're right. It would be a buses. Okay. So that was the Hanukkah here that we're dealing with something called Tiltum and Atzad. And Tiltum and Atzad is Mutter. So Rav Nachman, Halacha Krebelazer Ben Tadai. We paskin like Krebelazer Ben Tadai and Tiltum and Atzad will be Mutter. So that is the opinion of Rav Nachman. So the Gemara says, is that true? Lememra, are you telling me this summer Rav Nachman, Tiltum and Atzad, Loishme, Tiltum? Really, Rav Nachman holds that moving something indirectly with the hockey stick, with something else, Loishme, Tiltum is not called moving it and it's Mutter. And therefore, you could pluck out the fig even though indirectly you're moving the straw or the charcoal. That's not true. Amar Rav Nachman, Puglo, you have this radish that was in the dirt. Again, it's detached, so you're not doing any tlisha on Shabbos, but it's back in the dirt. So, milmala lamata, if it's, now it's partially revealed. So if it's milmala lamata, if it's, uh, the, the top part is, is, is towards the bottom, meaning milmala lamata, it's going from top to bottom, so shari is mutter. So the way we assume is that the the radish is is um, the radish is thinner on the on the bottom than the top. I think that's what. It, yeah. Okay. So therefore, if the top is the wider part, if that's revealed, so when I pick it up, I'm not moving anything. So that's mutter. However, mimata lemala aser. But if the narrow part would have been higher, so then you'll have more uh, dirt surrounding the wider part of the radish. So when I pick up the radish, I'm automatically going to be picking up some dirt with it. So clearly, you see from here that tiltum and atzad is also because he holds the only time you can pick up this radish is if you're not going to be picking up any dirt with it. So the, so, so, so the kasha is, how could Rav Nachman tell me tiltum and atzad is lo yishmei tilto? But Rav Nachman clearly says it is a problem. So the Gemara says, hadr be Rav Nachmehi. Rav Nachman retracted from that second psak, and he in fact holds that tiltum and atzad is not a problem, and therefore when you have a radish, no matter how it's situated, wide, narrow, you, as long as you could see it, you could pick. You, as long as you pick, as long as you're picking up, and you're only directly touching the radish, you're not dealing with the dirt. Even if the dirt gets moved, min hatzad, that is mutter. It's louder. They can't hear you. 
but the case of the of the with the coals. What is the problem of Havara to move the coals like that? So it's, it's, it's extinguished. You have leftover charcoal from your July 4th barbecue. You have leftover charcoal there, but it's not, it's not your right. If it was heated up, you have other issues. And that's what the Gemara discussed way back in the Parakira, that, that exact case. Next, the mission told me that, if I fa- that I'm allowed to use a needle in order to pick, to pick your teeth. So, or, or to, I'm not, sorry, that was a different example, but in order to take out a thorn. So Shalach le Rabba braid the Rabba Rav Yosef. So Rabba sent to Rabba Rav Yosef, Teach us, Rabbi. Let's say have a needle which the charara, which is the eye of the needle, was taken out, was removed, or its point, and therefore it's no longer usable as a needle. So, Mahu, what's the halacha? Are you, is this considered muksa on Shabbos or not? So, let's see. In other places in halacha, uh, we're going to see in other places in halacha if this is considered a keli or not. So hold on. So I'm going to before you even figure out in other places, look at our Mishnah, Tani Sua. We have a Beferish Mishnah. The Mishnah said, Machat you have your hand needle, it's the hole that you're allowed to move it in order to take out a thorn. So once I see that a needle is considered usable by the very fact that it's able to take out a thorn, so what do I care? Why does the needle, why does the, uh, the, the um, the um, splinter here, at the end of the day, all I need this needle to do is to remove my splinter. So I don't care if it's a good sewing needle, if it's a good uh, you know, other type of needle, as long as it could do the job of removing a splinter, we're good to go. So what, what's your shayla? So where's the hold on? But look in other places in halacha, we'll see. Not so simple. Eisve, he has the following shayla. We have a mishnah in, Perik, in Kalim. It says, So you had a needle that was tame. Halacha is when it comes to Tame Kalim, when they are no longer considered a Kali, they become tar. So you have Machat Shanita Harara Ayuk. So you have a needle which its eye or the the point of the needle was removed, it, it broke. Halachas is Tahira. Now it's tar because it's no longer considered a Kali. So you see from here that it's not a Kali anymore. If it's not a Kali anymore, then it shouldn't be, it should be Muksa because it shouldn't be called Muchan. When you need something, if it's a Kali, if it's usable, that's called Muchan for Shabbos. It's fitting for Shabbos. This, it's a piece of garbage. It's like, a, it's, 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 it's useless. You see from the Mishnah Kalim. So I'm going to buy it. Hold on a second. Tuma, a Shabbos Karamas, you're asking me a question uh, from Tuma to Shabbos. Tuma's different. Tuma, it says, Kli Inon. The Psukim in, in, uh, in the Chumash, which, which, which talk about the war with Midian, and we have to kasher things, and we have to table things. There it says, ko klimasa. It has to be a functioning keli, which we learn, klimasa be'inon, and it has to be that it, it's usable for its typical function. So a needle needs a hole, it needs a point, because that's what a needle is designed for. But that's regarding tumavatahara, because the Torah says, ko klimasa. That doesn't doesn't necessarily indicate what the halacha would be by Shabbos. Lenin Shabbos, what, what's the uh, standard for muchan versus muksa? Midi de chazibin. And all we need to figure out is this useful. If it's useful, it's not muksa. If it's useless, it's like a rock, it's muksa. Vahanami, this needle, even though it's not so pointy, it might be preferable. Chazilimishkala ba kites. You could remove a splinter with it. And therefore, what are you comparing? Tumma, Shabbos. So that's a, that's a bias opinion. So Amar Rava, Rava argues. He says, no, man the Kamaisa, the person who asked this question, Shaper Kamaisa, it is taka, a very good question. Why? Because Midilinian Tumma, when it comes to Tumma, Lav Manuhu, it's not considered a 
a keli, so in Shabbos nami lav manhu. We should not consider it a keli for Shabbos either. So the Gemara says meisve. We have a, another brayse. So the brayse says machat. You have a needle bein a kuva bein shein kuva. Whether there's a hole in it, no hole in it. Mutter latatla b'Shabbos. It's mutter to move it on Shabbos. Vele amru nekuva ella leinian tumabavad. That the only time we discussed nekuva having a hole in it, that's only regarding Tumah. As the Torah says, seemingly like a baya, kli maise ba'inan, we need to have a keli that's a functioning, that's typical function. So how could Rava say, why are you comparing Shabbos to Tumah, the b'risa? I'm sorry, how could Rava say we compare Shabbos to Tumah? The b'risa clearly says, it's not the same. We only care about nakuva versus not nakuva ela inyan Tumah blavad. So comes along a baya and he answers for Rava, targama a baya liba de Rava, begomaskin, and what is this b'risa talking about we're talking about, you have these unfinished needles. So these things are not yet ready. So if, when, regarding Tumah uh, Tahara, it's not considered Kli Maisa. However, when it comes to Shabbos, when it comes to Shabbos, they, you could decide to use it for for uh, taking out splinters. So zimnin demim Sometimes the person will, so you imagine you're on the conveyor belt, you're looking at the conveyor belt, and you have all these needles that are about to get the hole in it as, before it goes to the packaging department, and a few of them, you know, fall off or the or production stops. So you're looking at these needles. Hey, maybe I'll use these for my uh, splinters. So you could do that. However, but once it's already damaged, it went you know through the dollar store and it's re- literally garbage. So Adam Zarkal Ben you're not taking partially finished product. You're taking things that are garbage. So a person throws it into his scrap metal heap, and therefore it no longer is considered a kli. And that's when rubber would be correct. Rubber would be correct that when something was once a needle. And now it went down from being a needle. So the same way regarding Tumavatahara. We consider this garbage. Hilcha Shabbos as well would also be considered garbage. What about the Brisa that says, Machat It's It has a function for Shabbos. That's talking about you got a pre-processing. Pre, uh, you know, during the process, you took it off the line. At that point, regarding Tumah, it's not yet Klimaisa. You, you took, you, it's not finished, it didn't finish the production yet. It's not the total normal function of this Kaili. Regarding Shabbos, it's Muchan, and it's not garbage. I could, you know, continue on the conveyor belt, and therefore, uh, this could go with Rava. Next Gemara. So Gemara says, Asu, when I, once we discussed removing a splinter on Shabbos, we're going to discuss something else. Asube Yenuka, to uh, smooth out or straighten out the limbs of an infant. Now this is talking about when it's not Pekuach Nefesh. Otherwise that would be Mutter on Shabbos. We're talking about when it's not Pekuach Nefesh. It's just maybe um, aesthetically pleasing. Whatever the point that they did this, they would do something like this on Shabbos. So Rav Nachman Asar of Nachman says you cannot do that on Shabbos. Now, why not? Because it's similar to masakin. It's it's like fixing something. The same way you can't fix your uh, your, your 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 bowl, you can't fix your pot. You cannot fix a child on Shabbos. For Rav Sheshes Shari, Rav Sheshes says it's mutter. There's no problem. You're allowed to fix the child on Shabbos. Amar of Nachman. So Rav Nachman says mina mina How do I know? What do you say? No, if it was a sakana, it's mutter. We're talking about it's not a sakana. You're doing it plastic surgery. Massage. You can move, uh, I don't know, whatever, maybe, taking out knots. <laughs> so either way, Rav Sheshesh is, is, is matter here. So Rav Nachman says, how do I know that there will be an iser of fixing a person's guf? That's now we have a mission later on, Dav Kuf Mem Zayin, Ein You cannot uh, drink this apiktivizin, it was some type of uh, med- medication, not, med- not medicine, but it was some type of pill that would cause someone to uh, regurgitate, to throw up. And if you look at the word, 
What? It says apik tefei zun, which can mean one of two things. It means take out more food from him, or it means remove so tefei zun, so I can eat more. They used to do this in order to be able to eat more. And what? And this is what it is. Yeah. Epic. Interesting. Okay. Fine. So the shaila is like this. Now there it says. There it's not talking about, um, you're not doing it for refuah, because if you're doing it for refuah, that's your classic discussion of medicine on Shabbos, depending on how much the person needs. But over here, it's talking about fixing a person's stomach. You're doing it because you want more room to eat more food. So you see from here that when I'm doing something that's going to fix my body, fix my goof, there's an Isra on Shabbos. So Rav Sheshis says no. Hasam, when it comes to this apiktivizin, lav orche, that's not a normal thing for people to do. The person is crazy. Hacha, over here, orche, this is a normal thing for people to do. And when it comes to the, the child fixing the limbs, that was considered standard practice. And therefore, you are allowed to do that on Shabbos. It's not called fixing, building something on Shabbos. That's a normal way people are. So I'm Rav Sheshis. So what about Rav Sheshis? I mean, no, I mean, how do I know? that I am so confident, there's no problem of, of uh, straightening out the limbs of this, of this tinok, the tnamut, and our mishnah, machat shalyad, you have this hand needle, so you're allowed to move it on Shabbos, little ba esakites, in order to, to remove the, the thorn, in order to remove the splinter. And what do you see from here? That you're fixing the person's body, he had a splinter, and now he doesn't have a splinter, so you're fixing it, and it's still mutter. Rav Nachman says, no, hasam pucket. There, it's not really part of the body. It's uh, embedded. We're going to have this in Subis, Dam Mifkat Pocket. Perhaps there's no Issa Darais of removing the Dam, Dam Besulam on Shabbos. So if you remember from uh, your, your first parak of Subis back in Yeshiva, so Dam Mifkat Pocket. So when it's Pocket, we could say you're not fixing the actual body. You're removing something that's on the body, but it's not fixing the body. But when it comes to straightening out the limbs, the bones of the child, like Pocket, it's not embedded. It's the body itself. So it, you do not have a proof that it is mutter. Okay, so that's the next Mishnah. Kane shel zesim. You have this uh, reed that they would use to to uh, mix the olives that were in the barrels. Now, you would mix it to see if it was totally ripe, and then you would start the, the pressing for your olive oil. So you would mix it, and you would pick up some of them. So halach is like this. Im yesh kesher b'roisha. If there's a knot on one end, so we'll see exactly what this does for the reed. So then makabal That's considered a keli. And even though it's wood, this is considered makabal tumah. If there's no knot at the end of the reed, it's just a, like a, just a straight reed. Ain makabotuma does not makabotuma because it's not it doesn't look like a keli. You're just mixing with it. It's a regular branch. Now benkach or benkach, whether it has this knot or it doesn't have a knot, either way, nitol b'shabes it could be moved on Shabbos. Why? Because you could use it to check your olives to see if they're ripe. So that's a good use for it on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Am I? Why are we assuming that when you have a knot there, it makes it? that you had a reed. So if I put a knot at the end of one of the, at, at, on one of the ends, it's makabotuma. So the Gemara says, pshute klietsu. This is called pshute klietsu. So pshute klietsu means you have a, a wooden utensil, which does not have a base kibble. It doesn't have a receptacle. So when it comes to pshute klietsu, when it comes to metal, even if there is no receptacle, halacha is, as long as it's a keli, if it's considered a keli, it's makabotuma. 
If there is no Kaylee, if, if, it, if it's not considered Kaylee, it's just a flat piece of something, that's fine. Baseball but it, cap? What? Cap? <laughs> is that a Kaylee? I think it's a Kaylee. No, Matechas. Oh, wooden bat. Yeah, so we're not being Makabotama. So the Gemara is saying over here you have this reed or your base, whatever you want to call it. So over here you have this wooden reed. It's Pshute Kliate. There is no receptacle. It should not be Makabotama. So the Gemara says, no, the Gemara just throws in my time. Why do I need it to be? Uh, what's the uh, parameters of being Makabotama? Dumya Desak Binan. The Torah says, um, it says, I beg it, I are. It says, it says, So we learn from there, that it has to be doime the sack, and a sack is a sack which has a base kibble. So cleates needs to be have a base kibble, a receptacle, in order for it to be makabotuma. So why, by tying a knot on one end of this reed, do you make it makabotuma? When he's mixing the olives, so he'll turn it over and he'll check it. He'll have a sample anytime he's mixing his olives in the you know in the press before the before it goes to pressing, he could pick up some of the oil or some of the the olives and it, it will catch it because it has a knot there and that little thing is called a receptacle and he, he does enjoy the fact that it picks up some oil so that is why it is mekabotuma it is indeed a a cleate that has a receptacle next Rabbi Yossi, I'm Rabbi Yossi says kola kalim tell an old kalim can be uh, can be taken on Shabbos you can move these on Shabbos everything chutz min hamasar except for a saw hamasar hagado a big saw which is used to cut beams. The yaseid shel macharisha, or this uh, a yaseid is like this peg that the uh, the plow. It's like a uh, they call it a coulter, where it's the blade of a plow, so that nobody would use for anything else. And this is touching upon the concept of that there are certain things that we would, we would not use for, typ- for, for typical use and you cannot use it on Shabbos even so we were discussing already yesterday and this will be today tomorrow's daf that when something's muksa let's say you have a hammer your typical construction hammer so the, the standard use for a hammer is laiser, is to build, is to knock in nails. So that's an iser deraisa, to knock in nails on Shabbos. That is called keli shemalach to laiser. Halach is you're allowed to move it, letzarach gufai. I need this to hold open a door. I need this actual physical thing to crack open a nut. I, I could use letzarach gufai or letzarach makami. Someone left it on the couch. I'm allowed to move it away from the couch because I need this place. That's called letzarach gufai makami. However, let's see if something that's a higher level that it's a keli, but it's muktsa machmas chesar and kiss. That meaning you would never move, you would never use it for anything else, like this masa, this big saw, or this yaseh shamacharisha, the the plowers, uh, the coulter. So that would not be used for anything else. You are not allowed to move it. Let's So today we we struggle with finding examples of what exactly is muktsa machmas chesar and kiss. The classic example is a shchita knife. A shechita knife would not, we would never use it to cut an onion. You have to be crazy. It's expensive. It's going to ruin your knife. You would never use it for anything else or a Moyle's knife. That would be muktza machmas chesar and kiss. Another classic shaila is, you know, a, a, a phone, a smartphone, a tablet. So it depends. If you never let your kids touch it, you know, no one's allowed to go next to it. So it probably is muktza machmas chesar and kiss. But if you're normal with your phone, big deal. So what do you say? Get another one, insurance. So then 
you would you would use it to hold down something, to hold down papers. You wouldn't be so concerned. So then, let's say this is in the way. It's on the couch. You want to move it. Halachas, you would be allowed to move it on Shabbos. Amar of Nachman. Now we're just going to give a few examples of things that are muktzah machmas chisar and kiss, and you figure out in your own life which things by you are considered chisar and kiss. Amar of Nachman. Hai uchlo de katsare. So you have this. Uh, this was a. Um, clean uh, chayshes, which was what the launderers would use to sprinkle water on the clothing, or kiyase or kiyase shell macharesha. That is similar to the yaset of the macharesha, like the coulter, and therefore it is it's dami similar to it, and therefore you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos. Amar Abaya, charba de ushpache. You have the knife of a tailor, the sakina da shkavta, and you have the knife of either the butcher, as Rashi says or Taisa says. It means a shoychitz chalif, the knife that that he used for shkita. Because a butcher's knife you would use for something else, the chatsina dinagari, or your carpenter's uh, knife, kiyase shamachresha dami, they are in the same category as this uh, coulter that was used for the plow, so that would not be uh, able to be moved on Shabbos. Tanarabanan. So now we're going to do a little history here. Barishayna originally in the times of Nehemiah ben Chachalia. So Nehemiah ben Chachalia was uh, Nehemiah, as we know, in from Tanakh. So we'll get into it a little bit more tomorrow. The Achronim discussed this as well, trying to f- piece together when the Mun Muksa originally started. But from our Gemara, from this source, Kufchov Gimel we have that originally in the times of Nehemiah ben Chachila Hayyaimrim, they used to say Shloisha Kalim Nitalim B'Shabbos. Only three Kalim can be moved on Shabbos. Everything else is Muksa. Which three? Miktsoya shell devela. You had this knife that was used to cut the cake, so that's very important. Your cake knife, the zuama listeron shell kedera, and the spoon that would remove the zuama, the foam, the buildup from the top of your pot. So that that spoon that you know cleans off the fat or the foam, and the sakin kitana shell gabi shochan. Your typical small knife that was on the table. So these things were mutter. Now most of the Achorinim assume that you were always allowed to use like your typical spoons and cups. They, they cannot have been machmer on that. How else could you eat on Shabbos? So it, what it means is anything that's not typically used as your standard meal keili, so that is muksa, except for these three. The big cake knife, your knife for your table, and the foam remover from your soup. Yeah? Regarding that foam remover of the soup, Interesting. I don't know. Maybe you like a little bit. Let's say you have your uh, your beer. Maybe you want a little bit head on your beer. So maybe it wouldn't be butter if you don't separate the entire thing. I don't know. It's a good question. Also, if, if the if they were matir regular kilim, what's the table knife? Right. So you have to. It's a, it's a different type of knife then. Yeah. You're right. That's a rye that everything was muksa. But why? But what about spoons and cups? So we'll we'll see. There's a there's a rye from the Gemara that everything was mutter originally. Okay. But it's a good point, fair point. Next. Um, also, you could eat without a knife. You could eat with a fork. Right, you go to smorgasbord, they don't have knives. With a ladle, if you take it off for a little bit of the uh, tight with it as well, right. it's Right, so you're right. Theoretically, you could come up with cases. That's what I was thinking as well, Rav Mendy. Nice to see you. So uh, I was thinking of that as well, that you could theoretically you know, take something off without butter. Or maybe you like it. You, want, you like the fat from top of the soup. If you're doing it because you want to eat the fat, so gesundheit, there would not be butter on Shabbos. Okay. So, only these three. Then Hitiru. No, so these things are mutter. It's, no, it says these three are mutter. 
The Gemara, right, the Gemara is mentioning these three things. Who said to use it for Butsuhama? Maybe use it for something else? So the one. Is it a Kaylee? And I think the Gemara is trying to tell you these Kaylee so I, I think what Adam was saying was that if you're gonna, if you're going to find three things that are mutter, it seems like these three would be important. Your cake knife to cut your birthday cake, your your zuama. These these of all three things. But you know the cake, the cake. It wasn't regular cake. It's press fix. That was their cake back then. They didn't have your uh, you know. No, 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 no. What did he say? <laughs> There's no Duncan Hines. <laughs> okay. Okay, I hear. I hear. Okay, we, we could discuss this. I'm not sure. I would just assume that this is the typical use that they were used for, and of all things to be make on, they would be they would be lenient for for their typical purpose. Okay, but either way, hetiru. Then they were make on more. The chazur hetiru. They were make on even more kalim. Chazur hetiru. Another time. At shemar until they finally said kolak kalim nitalim b'shabbos. Anything can be moved on shabbos. Chutzman maser hagadol v'yotzit shemachresha, which is our mishnah, except for these things which are classified as muktzamach maschesarinkis. The gemara says what was going on. Am I hetiru? The chazur hetiru. The chazur hetiru. What happened? So Rabbiya. So you have two different opinions of what exactly I mean. You have Abaya's version and you have Rava's version. So Amar Abaya, Hitiru Davar Shemalachti Leheter. They allowed things that are Malachti Leheter, that their typical Malacha is Leheter, like a cheer or I don't know, something that its standard use is Mutter on Shabbos. So they allowed you to move it, Lutzarach Gufoy. You're allowed to move it if you need it itself. The Chazur Vitiru. Not only if you need the actual keli, even if you don't even need it, but you just need the place to sit or to put something else on that on your counter, and you want to move this thing that's malachal heter, it's mutter. You can move it as well. So that's number two. Then even something that's malachal iser, like your hammer, is now mutter letzarach gufoi in. It's mutter to move it if you need it to crack open a nut, to prop open a window. But letzarach makamei, if it's on your couch and you want to move the hammer, loy, it's uh, it's not mutter. So that's a bias opinion. A bias opinion is you're never allowed to move a klisha malachal letzarach letzarach makamei because it was never allowed. Vadain biyadayachas in b'shtei yadav loy. And at this point, we're only being makel when you can move it with one hand. If it needs two hands to move it, it's so heavy. Loy, maybe it's not mutter. To move this on Shabbos, at Sha'amru until they finally paskin kolakelim, you tell them b'Shabbos, v'afilu b'shteyadayim, even if you have to hold it in two hands. Samalei Rava, Rava said, hold on a second, michti hitiru katani. It says they were mekel, mali letzarach gufoi, mali letzarach mukamei. We should equate the concept of tzarach gufoi or tzarach and tzarach mukamei in the same category. That this is called. I need this to be moved. Why? For it. I need to use it or I need to use its place. So why are you differentiating between Gufoi and Mekaimoi? And therefore that should have all been included in one Hetiru. So Elamarava, I'll tell you what happened. Hetiru They allowed you to move things that are malachtil heter, that are intrinsically are used for mutter activity, which would be a plate or other things. You need it for its place, you need it to actually use the plate. The Now we added another category. There's another heter or another uh, category, uh, a description of moving something on Shabbos that is called mechama letzel, which literally means from chama from the sun letzel to the shade, which in other words to save it. You left something out in the rain, so I'm allowed to move it to save it on Shabbos. But that's only when it's a keli shemalach to leheter. 
And now, another hetter, something that was a hammer, so then the Tzarekuva, the Tzarekuva come in. If I need to use the hammer to prop open the window to, or to move it away from my, I have to move it away from my couch that's in the way, that's mutter. Mechamel itself, you left it outside and it's going to get rusty, loy, you're not allowed to move it into the house on Shabbos. At this point, all we know is with one person they allowed it, but with two people, if it's so heavy, maybe that it's not allowed. At Sha'amru until our Mishnah says, even with two people carrying it. So we have the Shita of Rava and the Shita of Abaya. The Nakudas HaMachoikas is regarding a keli that's malachta le'isr, you have your hammer. According to Abaya, it can only be moved le'tzarach kufa, if I need a hammer to prop open something. However, if it's on the table and I need to use the table, or it's in, if it's on the couch and I, wanna, I want mikhaimla its place, I am not allowed to move it. And Rava says, what's the difference? It's the same thing. Uh, moving in le'tzarach kufa and le'mikhaimla is the same thing. So Eisve, Abaya, Abaya asked the following question to Rava, Midaycha, we had this mission before, you have this mortar that they would use to grind uh, garlic in it, which is typically called Melachte Leiser, because Toichin is one of the Lamatas Melachas. So, in the by Shumit, there's garlic in it at this point. Metaltun Isam, let him move it because I'm using it for the garlic, and it seems like it will be mutter. Vimlav, if it's, there's no garlic in it, it's an empty grinder, an empty mortar. Metaltun Isam, you cannot move it. So, what do you see from here? I'm not allowed to move it, even if I need the counter space. So, you see, even though it's Tzarech Mekoymoy, I'm still not allowed to move it. So the Gemara says, I'm moving it from the sun to the shade, or in other words, I'm saving it. It's raining outside, I want to move it. So that's when, if it's empty, I cannot move it. So don't bring me a riot telling me I can't move it. Rabbi says, no, it's mutter l'tzarach kufin l'kaymai. So what does the b'risa mean when it says you cannot move it? That's talking about mechamal l'tzel to save it itself. Eisvei, another kasha. It says, Vishavin, this is regarding Beisham and Vishilam. If you're allowed to take the Eli on Yantif to cut meat on it, we had this uh, two daf ago. Vishavin, and they both agree, Shimkit Sevalav Basar, that once it has been used already for meat and you no longer need it for Yantif, Sha'asala Tatalai, you're not allowed to move it, even though uh, you see from here that that Abai is correct, that a Klishim Lachal Isser, even, even though. I, I, maybe I want the place, it's on my counter, it's on my table, I'm not allowed to move it. So, so Rav says the same response. It's talking about when I want to move it to save it itself. It's raining outside, it's hot outside, that's when it's usher. However, if I need the place, it's on the couch, I am allowed to move it. So I'm Rav Hanina. Rav Hanina says the following. That in the times of Nechemia ben Chachaya, that's when they taught this Mishnah, that Asurim the Pasik says in Nehemiah, it says saying, I saw in Klayusrol, Darchem Gitas Peshabis, they're busy uh they're busy uh, making wine on Shabbos, they're bringing things back and forth, so they're being Mechal Shabbos. And therefore, he had to make this Gzeira of Tilto Muxa. If you look at the Rambam, and, and I think it's the 22nd parak of Hilcha Shabbos, he says that's the primary reason for Tilto, for Muxa on Shabbos, is that a person might come to carry. But he says another reason, which is probably more famous, is that everybody has to have a Shvi Sani Karas. You have to show that you're resting on Shabbos. And what's the best reminder that I'm resting on Shabbos is by not touching the typical things that I touch during the week. So that's why you have all these uh, categories of muksa. So that's, Rabbi Hanina says that all this is in the times of Nehemiah ben Chachai. I'm Rabbi Lazar. 
Rabbi says, Kanin, Umaklois, Klustero, Medoicha, these four halachas, or these four Mishnayas, Kulon, Kaidim, Hataras, Kalim, Nishnu. When, if you want to know the context of, the, of these four Mishnayas, or the time frame, they were, they were said prior to the Heter of Hataras, Kalim. Meaning, there's different time periods. There's pre-Hataras Kalim, where at that point everything was Asr, except for uh, a few things. And when the Mishnahis tell us certain things are Muksa, it's talking about in, the, in that time. Then there's post-Hataras Kalim, where everything is Mutter. So which four Mishnahis are pre-Hataras Kalim? So he says, these four we have Kunin, the Mishnah with reeds, Makloi, sticks, Glustera, the doorknobs, Umadoicha, and the mortar. So we're going to see each one. We're going to go a few more minutes. Kunin, the Mishnah with Kunin is the town within the Mishnah in Menachis. So the cotton were these, uh, you had these uh, reeds that were in between the lechem aponim. So we're going to see they were there so that uh, the breads are touching each other on the shulchan, it's going to end up getting moldy. So you want, they were hot, they stayed hot the whole, the whole week. So you wanted to have uh, separation, some airspace between them. So you put these cotton across uh, each layer of bread. So the Mishnah says like this, Le sidra shabbos. The sidra cotton, putting the reeds down or removing them on Shabbos, those are Asr. They are not Doiche Esa Shabbos because they were Muksa. So this fits with the pre Heter days. So we're back in the times of Nehemiah. And at that time, Kalim are Asr to be moved. All Kalim, including these reeds for the Lechem Apanam. So that's number one. Number two, Maklois, the case of these uh, sticks. The Tanah looked in a Mishnah. So the way they would be Mafshit your carbon, when you, when you shut the carbon, we had this before. When you shut the carbon, so you have to be Mafshit the skin prior to bringing up the, the Imurim. So when, back in the day, they had hooks. If you look at the picture Mishnahis and Tamid and Midas, they had a few hooks in the uh, Mishkan, in the base of Mikdash, and they would hang the, the animals, they would skin it. However, in the, the era of Pesach, when you had the whole Klaes or bringing a carbon, they did not have enough hooks. So what they did was, they would have these Makhleks, Dakin, Halak, and Hayusham, that these thin sticks, you would put it on one shoulder using the buddy system and put the other side on the other, other person's shoulder. The toilet, and you do a makeshift uh, setup, and you would suspend the carbon from the, the stick going across you and your friend's shoulder. And that's how you would skin the animal, because you don't have enough hooks in the base of Mikdash for the entire Klai. So, some what if it fell in on Shabbos? It's not on the Arab Pesach on a Wednesday, it's Arab Pesach Shabbos. So then we have a concern of Muksa. So maniach yadei akasev chaveroi v'yar chaveri akseifa v'toilu mavshet. So you would put your hand on your friend's shoulder. You would not use these sticks. You would literally put the animal on your arm and you would skin it with your arm. So uh, while suspended on your arm. So what do you see from here? You see from here that they were concerned for this muksa of these reeds. Why is that? To give you some context, we're saying this was in the days of the Isser days, pre-Heter, that in the times of Nehemiah, they were Makhbit, they would not move any Kalim except for those three. So that is the second uh, example. Number three, Kalustera. The Tanam went to the Mishnah, Neger, you had this bolt, Shiyesh Baroishai, Kalustera, they had a knob on top of it, Rabbi Yeshua Oimer. Rabbi Yeshua says, so if you look in Nesachtas Kalim, in the Art School Mishnah, they have a, a whole three pages on this. So we're going to just skip that, skip it over. But basically, he had some type of bolt, and he had a knob attached to it, and this was used to open your door. So, or you could just imagine a, a key for practical uh, purposes here. So Rabbi Yeshua Oimer, Shoimta min Pesach Zeva Toilah Bechavera B'Shabbos. You have to, you could drag it, meaning you can't take it with your hands from one door to the other door. The only way to open the other door was with this. Seemingly, it's muksa, so I can't 
carry it the typical way on Shabbos. So this would also fit with the the shita of of uh, of that Amara that said all these Mishnayos were said in the Isser days. Rabbi Tafanar, he holds a smutter that these things were not included in the Isser of Nehemiah, and these things could be moved on Shabbos. So that is three out of four. The fourth one is Medaycha, the case of the mortar with the garlic, and the Mesaftos Beitzah, Hadamar. We just said it uh, a few lines ago. So those are the four Mishnayos that the, the historic background is that they were in the Isser days, not in the Heter days. Amarabba says, no. Mimai, how do you know that these old cases were said before we were Mako? Maybe, in fact, they were all said even after we were Mako on Kalim and we went, we went back on Nehemiah's Gezerah. So let's go through them one by one. Kanim, when it comes to the reeds, time am I? Why is the reason? What's the reason? What's the purpose of having these reeds in between the chalos, the lechem upon him in the base in the base of Medosh? Mishum iapushe, because they would get moldy, they would get spoiled if if there was no airspace between each layer. Behind Porta, what from Friday night until Shabbos morning when they were switched to chalos, leima apash. It's not going to get moldy, and therefore there is no need to move it. So therefore, it's moving it for, for it's a useless activity. Why do they even do it in the base of Middash? So the Rishonim say not to rely on an ace, but here, unnecessary from Friday night to Shabbos morning, unnecessary, and therefore it's moving it, Shalad Tarach. That's case number one. Case number two, Maklois. When it comes to the sticks across the shoulders, so the Gemara says, Efshir Karabi Elazar. Why should I rely on moving something with Tzarech Gufoy if I have something something much? And the Mishabur says, in fact, you're high to do this. Let's say a person that has a nut, wants to crack a nut. According to the Mishabur, you cannot take a hammer unless you don't have anything else. His Raya is from this Gemara. That if it's Efshir, if I could do it like Rabbi Elazar said, with my hands across the other, my other friend, my friend's shoulder, why should I use the stick? Just by the way, other place, Gemara. Meiko, Rav Moshe says, at least the if you have something else, use your, uh, your nutcracker, or let's say you're using a knife, use a knife. If you don't have, if you, you don't have to go out of your way, Rav Moshe says, to look for something that's hetter. But the Mishabur is Machmer, uh, and he brings a riot from this Gemara. Now, Glustera, the case of the, the doorknobs, Kidirabiani. So look at the opinion of Rabbiani. Rabbiani, we're talking about a Chatzar that doesn't have a good Erev. And what's the Machoik is Rabbi Shur and Rabbi Tarfin? There's no Erev, so you have, let's say, an apartment building where you did not do a proper Eruv Echatzerus, and you have a key. So Rabbi Shur saw about Teicha Pesach Kilifrim dummy. The inside of the Pesach, that door, well, you will use the doorknob as an example. The keyhole in the doorknob is considered Teicha Pesach, it's Kilifrim dummy, it's considered Rosh Hashayach. And the kamatata money the bottom You're taking something from the house to the chutz to the courtyard to the lobby, which would be which would be a haitza or the rabbanon. Again, it wouldn't be the rice there. For and server, no it's considered like the outside, it's external, and one of the chatzar, uh, you're allowed to move things that are outside uh, in the lobby itself. Just by the way, the Minchas Yitzchak has a chub about this, certain apartment buildings in Eretz Yisrael, they had a whole discussion, they didn't have a room in there, and he was talking about your keyhole, if you put a key in a lock, let's say you put your key underneath your mat, outside of your, don't, everyone knows about it, right? But if you do that and you want to open your door, is the keyhole considered inside my apartment building, inside the apartment building or the apartment uh, itself, or is it considered outside? Now, sometimes it doesn't make a difference. You have an Erev in the, in the city, but sometimes it does make a difference because the lobby is either a Kamalist, or even if there are walls there, it would be, you'd be over the concept of a Ruvi Chatzeris. If you didn't do the Matzah, you didn't do the whole Shittuf. So you have an interesting question. It goes through different types of locks. Yale locks, where, you know, it holes on both sides. We have a locksmith on, on Zoom, so I'm not going to embarrass myself. Next. Uh, what about Medaycha, the fourth case? Medaycha, Rabbi Nechemia, it is the, uh, the case of Rabbi Nechemia. 
that we said before, Rabbi Nehemiah's opinion, which we're going to see later on, is that a, uh, you could only move something for its typically intended use. And you cannot use a hammer unless you're using it for building, which you can't do on Shabbos. So Rabbi Nehemiah is more mocking than everyone else. So perhaps this opinion, of the Mishnah's case of Medeicha, of the, uh, the mortar, which we said you're not allowed to move it, I could tell you it's the opinion of Rabbi Nehemiah, which says you can only move something for its designated use. And therefore, Rabbi responds, who told you, uh, Rabbi Eliezer, that all these cases were pre Hetter, maybe they were all, even post-Hetter, and we could find a reason to be machmer, even if we are typically makal on moving kalim on Shabbos. Okay, yashakayach.